a fire has like a burn boss who's in charge of everything. And initially the burn bosses, if they haven't seen this technology before, are like, ah, maybe later, or let's not do this. And the next morning the burn boss is like, I need this on every fire. From Grindstone Media, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we hear from Carrick Detweiler, the founder and CEO of a company that's developing new ways to fight fires with drones. So our guest today is smart. I mean, really smart. Carrick Detweiler and my company is Drone Amplified. Carrick is an associate professor in the Computer Science and Engineering Department at UNL, and he completed his PhD at the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab at MIT. So I was born in New Jersey, but spent most of my childhood in upstate New York, or in the country area side of things. As people often are like, oh, you're from New York City. And they're like, no, that's, that's not where I'm from. Nothing against the New York City years. But, uh, you know, I always like to just really take things apart and sometimes put them back together. I guess kind of the, the classic, you know, engineer in some ways in terms of really trying to figure out how things work. Did you ever do a lemonade stand or anything like that? Um, I probably did lemonade stands. But, you know, I, actually one of the things as a kid in terms of I guess being entrepreneurial to some extent was somehow I convinced my parents to, you know, pay me for not watching television. This was probably in the early 90s or something, you know, so one of these things where like television is bad or, you know, so I got them to, you know, give me money if I didn't watch TV. So I went to Middlebury College in Vermont, so a relatively small liberal arts school, you know, really you know, fell in love with, you know, computer science, math, physics. So those were the kind of the key subjects I pursued as an undergrad. But, you know, also while I was at Middlebury, I actually did a lot of work. I stayed there over the couple summers doing research work with a couple of professors there who were in robotics and computer vision. So, you know, I, th I would say that, you know, that was one of the inspirations was just seeing kind of, you know, the work that they were doing so you graduate from Middlebury. Did you know that you wanted to go to MIT immediately? Uh, no, you know, I, I mean, again, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I thought, well, I might as well continue on to graduate school. Um, I mean, I just love to learn and love new things. And I applied probably to a dozen different schools. And I'll say I got into MIT and Carnegie Mellon. And all of the schools I thought I would get into, I didn't. So Carrick is admitted into the PhD program at MIT. Kind of a big deal. This is where the fax machine was invented in 1959, where the first email was sent in 1971, the spreadsheet was invented, optical mouse, ethernet, and today, big robotics companies start there. Was Boston Dynamics around back then? Um, I'm not sure when Boston Dynamics was founded, but definitely while I was at MIT, they were around. And yeah, I mean, so Rod Brooks, um, you know, who did like the Roomba and stuff, um, you know, so they, you know, he was at MIT when I was there. Did you aspire to make the next Roomba or did you want to go something higher than household products? I've always wanted to start companies. Um, I mean, even when I was in high school, my brother-in-law and I 
you know, started a, you know, so a startup that failed quickly. And, and, but, you know, I was always, I think, inspired by solving hard problems versus, you know, trying to, you know, be the next, you know, Uber or Google. What was the startup that you started with your brother? Uh, so two ideas. First was like a internet marketing lobbying firm, like where we were thinking, okay, you could have people call in and leave a message and we would transcribe it and send letters to like senators and things like that. That went almost nowhere. But we also had kind of the um, Pandora idea around those times as well, where we were looking at basically, you know, having music and trying to actually, you know, sell marketing data back to the record labor labels on what people were listening to and things like that. So you go from uh, a a marketing company that's going to transcribe voice messages to sort of a Pandora music streaming type service. What was the next progression of startups that you worked on? You know, so in college, a couple of us very briefly tried to like have the like wake up call type service, you know, the classic uh, problem of college students oversleeping and, you know, basically with the idea like, okay, we can, you know, get a whole bunch of modems in our in a dorm room that we can just set up to, you know, ring lines based on when people say they want to wake up. So Carrick has always wanted to solve complicated problems. He's gone from music streaming services in the 90s to automated wake-up calls, but now he's graduated into full-blown robotics and he's ready to enter the workforce. What was your path like after MIT? Uh, So my wife is also a faculty member, so she was finishing her PhD at University of Wisconsin, um, and she was a little ahead of me. So we were, you know, she was looking for jobs. So she applied to a bunch of jobs and got an offer here in Nebraska. So she basically said, well, I'm not gonna come unless you can find my husband a job. Um, So I interviewed here at the Computer Science and Engineering Department at UNL and got a job offer. So I then quickly finished up my PhD and yeah, started started here as a professor in the computer science and engineering department. What, what did you think when your wife said, I got a job at University of Nebraska and I would like you to interview there? So as an undergrad at Middlebury, I went to a conference in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where my wife ended up doing her PhD. And uh, when I came back from that conference, I was like, you know, Madison's a really cool, cool city. It would be kind of fun to live in a place like that. And she was like, there's no way that I would ever want to live in a place like that. (laughs) So my wife was definitely of the mind like, well, I should live in like New York City or London or, you know, like she wanted to, I mean, always, I mean, she's in political science and, you know, so, you know, she was- A cultural epicenter she wanted. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, so she was like, no way that we would ever, I'd ever want to live in Madison. And, um, and then she ended up doing her PhD there. And, you know, I spent a whole lot of time there as well. Um, and, you know, really that was kind of our introduction to a more Midwest city and, you know, a lot of the benefits, state capital, large university. So it's 2010 and Carrick and his wife have become Nebraskans. Carrick is an associate professor at the computer science and engineering department at UNL and helps found the Nimbus lab. Nimbus standing for Nebraska Intelligent Mobile Unmanned Systems. His wife, Courtney, is an international relations and political science professor at UNL as well. 
Okay, so you, you came to Nebraska. You're, you're on staff here at UNL. How does this robotics thing continue to take place? Yeah, so, you know, in graduate school, I was primarily doing underwater robotics. And but I moved to Nebraska and I kind of looked around and was like, well, there's not much water here, so I should let me just do these flying robot things. Um, it turns out there's a lot of water here. Um, but, you know, that's how I kind of got started there. Um, yeah, I mean, really, from 2015 to 2017, it was really myself and Sebastian Elbaum, who co-founded the company with me. And, you know, we were really just exploring ideas. And initially, what we actually proposed was, again, this water sampling idea. We were looking at these water sampling people who didn't really have the money. They also didn't have any drones. And there were all these regulatory hurdles to do this. I mean, we were looking at like the drone insurance market. So we proposed a little widget that you put on, um, put on drones that would, you know, characterize the quality of the flying with the idea that you could actually get insurance companies to give you discounted rates if you were a good pilot. Um, you know, so we were going all over the place, you know, looking at ideas. And one of my colleagues we were working with, Craig Allen, he, you know, was like, hey, we just hired Dirk Twidwell, and, you know, he's a fire ecologist. You know, we should really chat about how drones could be used in the fire environment. And my initial reaction was, like, no way. So this was right when I was, you know, neck deep in paperwork with the FAA just to be able to fly anywhere. And, you know, so the idea of, like, adding fire to that, I was like, okay, this is crazy. But after, you know, a few conversations and uh, probably a few months later, and we had done some little experiments, and I just, you know, one weekend basically built a really quick prototype of, you know, this ignition system to be able to drop these ignition spheres. And we went out to Craig's house, and he had some piles he needed to burn, so we, you know, flew over it, and, you know, we had our share of technical issues, but, like, it went went really well. Wow, so you literally flew just a homemade ignition system strapped to a drone filled with explosives theoretically above greg's house yeah well it was in his backyard so it wasn't it wasn't a huge huge deal so carrick is in business this idea sounds crazy at first but then after doing some research it's actually a feasible way to perform these prescribed burns or back burns as they're called and in case you were wondering how dropping fireballs actually fights fires, the process is used to light vegetation in such a way that it has to burn against the prevailing wind. This produces a slower moving and more controllable fire because it reduces the amount of fuel that is available to the main fire by the time that it reaches this burnt area. And the coolest part about it is that the name of these fireballs sound like something straight out of Game of Thrones. They're called dragon eggs. So give me your quick description on what dragon eggs are. Dragon eggs is one of the commercial names for these little ignition spheres. They're basically little ping pong ball size, a little smaller, but they have potassium permanganate in them, which is a chemical that we then puncture the, the ball and inject glycol, basically automotive antifreeze. And that starts a chemical reaction that 30 to 60 seconds later starts a small fire. So how did you come up with the name Drone, drone Amplified then? Really Drone Amplified, we've always been about, you know, really 
doing more and not just, you know, we're not just flying around taking pictures. We're actually interacting with the environment and making things happen. So we're amplifying the capabilities of drones. And Carrick is definitely doing more than just taking Instagram pictures with these drones. You see, on average, about a quarter of all fatalities in firefighting are related to aviation. And just last year, there was a helicopter crash in Texas doing prescribed fires, the exact same thing that Carrick is doing with these drones. On top of fatalities, injuries happen all the time. In Florida, for example, they use ATVs to go through swamps and do prescribed fires, but if they hit a piece of rebar or maybe get stuck in a bog or something, all of a sudden, they're in a dangerous spot with no escape. So in 2017, Carrick raised a little bit of money with friends and family, and then Invest Nebraska helped them match it so that he could hire some new employees. But it wasn't all smooth sailing from there. So there have been a lot of things that have happened that have slowed things down. Um, so, you know, I knew going into this that I was going to have to deal with the FAA. Um, but I never thought that we'd have to do a lot of other things. So two years ago, so there was a federal government shutdown, which was like a two-month shutdown, I think. And it turns out that was right after fire season, which is when they train their pilots on new systems. That's when they look to new to evaluate new technologies. That's when they actually, you know, start working on the purchasing process. So we, so there was almost a year lost there because you know right when we were ramping up, we had all the people on board and they're like, you know, bad fire season, and they're like, okay, we really need this, but then they have no pilots because they weren't able to do the training. You know, it went from, you know, we were on the phone with various people you know, every day just talking about like, okay, well, we're ready to, you know, purchase a bunch more of these and then they get shut down. <clears throat> and, you know, we were scheduled to go out and like help them with trainings on our system, but they can't hold those trainings, you know? So, and you don't know the end, you don't know like what will resolve that. So the unthinkable happens and Carrick misses his window to onboard his new clients before the fire season starts back up again. You might remember the big government shutdown from December 22nd, 2018 until January 25th, 2019. That's 35 days. It was the longest U.S. government shutdown in history, and it cost Carrick and his team an entire year of work. So this past year in 2019, again, right at the end of fire season, where they're saying, okay, we've, you know, the systems we had out there, they're like, okay, let's really figure out how to scale this. And then the... Department of Interior were told that they had to ground their whole UAS fleet because of the because they had Chinese parts in them and that they were primarily DJI systems. And this is after actually spending a couple of years with them trying to identify the best platform, evaluating a whole bunch of platforms, doing security analyses on the DJI platforms. So then their whole fleet was ground grounded, um, which more than the grounding of the aircraft also meant they again could not do training. But so, you know, there's all these things I never thought I'd be kind of in the middle of a global trade war trying to figure out uh, how to, you know, satisfy, you know, federal regulations with the kind of availability of, of things. So. so Drone Amplified hits a wall again, and it would seem that fate just doesn't want them to get their product to market. But there's such a great need for these drones that they have enough momentum to keep on pushing since the you know the government shut down trade war is happening have you been able to still kind of grow the business 
Yeah, I mean, we've definitely been been continuing to grow despite kind of these challenges. Um, you know, our system, the Ignis system, is just really solving a need that's out there. And you know, so you know, both. I mean, we've been working hard to find solutions, but also, you know, our customers are really trying to figure out and working hard to find out how they can, you know, purchase and use our system. You know, we were just talking with the Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management, and they were saying that they dropped over 200,000 of these ignition spheres in the past couple of months. So that's super exciting, but, you know, they want to do 10 times that next year. They want to, you know, just have have these, you know, every fire, they want to have a bunch of these systems out there because it will just totally change the capabilities they have to operate under, you know, at night under challenging conditions and to, you know, do things that they can't do safely with their current technologies. Do you get a lot of help from your New York and MIT connections as well too, or have they kind of written you off as a, you know, a middle American? <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, I obviously stay in touch with friends and things, but, you know, I think it's really, you know, I think just being in Nebraska has a lot of advantages and being able to, you know, find good people. And, and I think the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, we're doing something really unique and really innovative. And, you know, I think that draws people, draws people here and keeps people here. This year, the drone amplified systems have been fighting fires in California, Oregon, Washington, and Colorado, and they aim to continue to redefine the future of firefighting. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business in 2020, from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. It was a game day and I was like annoyed that I had to pay $15 to park down because I needed to go, you know, go to my office and do some work on a game day and I was like, ah, $15. And then the next day I was in Boston and I paid like $35 to park for two hours, you know, so. Uh, on a regular day. On a regular day, yeah.